Not bad. I, uh, I'm at home. I'm waiting on a DoorDash order from Steak and Shake I think is being stolen right now. Your DoorDash order from Steak and Shake is being stolen? It should have been delivered to me about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> have you ever driven Uber before? Uh, I have not. No, sometimes Steak and Shake takes forever, dude. I did not know that. I've never ordered Steak and Shake before, but I have, in fact, had my food stolen from them, from from DoorDash Ubers in particular. I've never tried Steak and Shake. You had your food stolen? Like a few times. Yeah, yeah. Explain how I, that. I get off. I know how it sounds. I get off work at midnight, and so I'll order food in the middle of the night, and then, then people just don't show up with it. And it shows like it shows like they are on their way at the last minute, and then they show up, and then they said they can't find their way in, and then they just cancel it like right off the bat. It's I don't know. I'm, you I'm live a in an apartment complex person. with a gate. Maybe, but according to the map, they haven't even picked the food up yet. No, dude, Steak and Shake sucks, dude. Does it? Is it? It's been like an hour and some change. Well, that sucks, man. I would have canceled it at this point and just not needed Steak and Shake that bad. It's not a big deal. You know, they've, re- they've refunded me in the past. Well, how you been, man? You're, what, what game are you playing tonight? You're, we had to... We were waiting on you to get out of a game for a little bit. What was that? Uh, I was playing. Um, I was playing. I was playing Call of Duty Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah. How many Call of Duties they got out at this point? Roughly. I have no idea. They don't. They don't number them. Yeah. Probably <laughs> a lot of them. Probably a lot of them, dude. Have you played all the other ones? No, no. This one I'm only playing essentially because it's free. It's free. Wait, where? What? Yeah. What platform is it on? It's on all consoles and PC. Uh, you can play the Warzone version of it. I've been playing it with uh, some other comics uh, here and there. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely recommend it if you're into battle royale. What? It's like a like a MOBA, uh, like a like that. No, no, it's uh, a battle royale is a game mode. Yeah, battle royale is a game mode, and uh, it's like every man for himself. But you're playing against like 150 players in one match, and uh, you're supposed to survive. You know, that sounds fun, man. Yeah, it's hella fun. Are you working still? Are you still working? Working from home? Yeah, I I am. I am going into work Monday through Friday, uh, night shift still. Working mm-hmm. not within six feet of other people. I mean, within six. I'm not social distancing at work. Nobody is. Um, in fact, somebody died today from the coronavirus. The first person to die, and I'm hoping that they tell me not to come into work on Monday. But that's they keep on saying that's never going to happen. Somebody so, who works for your company died of coronavirus today. Yes, apparently so. Uh, today in particular and you're just going to work well you know i mean that's the trouble it's like if i choose to not go to work i don't know what the repercussions are i guess i would just lose like my job and i would owe a bunch of money a lot of people would choose to go to work if they could 
because they're not afraid of the virus. I'm in, I in particular, I am afraid, but I'm also young and I think the odds are in my favor. Um, and it's like, I don't really have a backup plan to just lose my job right now. And no, I, don't I mean, know. I feel that I'm working right now as well. I just yeah. think it's kind of crazy that you're not even social distancing at work. Like it, it's, uh, the nature of what I do doesn't allow it because you know what I do, I work on like, uh, airplanes and the parts of the airplane that I work on, uh, the jets in particular is they're not, they're like side by side. They're not built with six feet in mind. Yeah. So it's kind of impossible to, uh, change that. And at best we can wear gloves and we can wear masks and we can go about what we normally do. But it's I don't know what other what else to do besides that. Are you wearing gloves and mask while you work? Uh, I've been wearing just the mask. The gloves seems like it's a waste because there's so many people in the building that it's like I don't know how I'm going to avoid any of it. Really, I don't yeah. know how I'm going to avoid uh, touching surfaces. You know what I mean? So well, I mean, it's you know, if it's in the building, if somebody in the building died from it, dude, I mean, you pro- you already have it. You're probably just carrying it asymptomatically already. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been telling that to everybody, and it seems like they're the company is they're apparently their hands are tied. I mean, even they're kind of worried, but they're saying there's nothing we can do. There's a union. I can actually send you a screenshot of me having an argument with a with a union member who's like in, like kind of an administrator in a Facebook group, and I'm like telling him like, "Yo, I don't want to be responsible for somebody else's death right now, and I think that we should be doing something." And they're like, "Yeah, it would be a a real pain in the butt for us to uh, figure that out. So you know, just don't worry about it. Nobody's gonna die or something." Uh, I can definitely say I was just taking a screenshot of that after I saw the death. I can send that to you if you want to read well, that's it. That's insane, dude. So you're door dashing your food. You, what did you you door dashed it from Steak and Shake? What do you order at Steak and Shake? I have never eaten at Steak and Shake. So what I wanted to order was, you know, burger and chicken and fries and a Diet Coke. And uh, I just wanted to know what it tastes like. I have a friend who says it's his favorite burger. So I wanted to give it a shot because it's on does the that menu. Guy, where does that guy – what's his story? Uh, he's my old roommate. Um, I remember I used to complain about that guy, but he always said Steak and Shake is his favorite uh, burger place. Man, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest, you know, food critic in the world, but I would have to say that there's no way Steak and Shake is a human being's favorite burger. <laughs> uh, that's uh, if 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 you want my take on that particular opinion, uh, he is not from this country, and he's uh, he kind of treats a lot of uh, franchise stuff as really fancy, which I've always kind of thought the opposite. I think anybody who's yeah been exposed I mean, uh, to you know that's endless, why. Oh, the obesity curve is like flipped. Yeah. On on uh you know wealth, it's like because you eat this gutter food all the time if you're poor because you have to eat fast food, dollar menu shit. Anyway. Yes. So he think he like had the perception that it was like fancy. No, no. Even he knows that we don't treat it the same way, and he still think it's fancy. Uh, like, okay, for example, he and I were in a, a convenience store, a gas station, and he took a photo of a Miller High Life in the gas station on the shelf, and he sent it to his brother. And I was like, why are you sending your brother a photo <laughs> of, of the that? champagne of beers? 
And he said, dude, you have no idea. This is like the, this is like a, this is like a really fancy beer. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that this is an American beer and yeah. it's on the gas station like shelf. Barely not a malt beverage. Well, you know, yeah. I've heard, I heard a rumor once. I don't know if it's true or not that uh, PBR is sold uh, some places overseas in a glass bottle and they charge like $21 a bottle for it as if it's some kind uh, of like that's high disgusting end. yeah well you know pbr is pretty good and it, you know 90 percent of the stuff you like and don't like is based entirely on advertising right yeah exactly so if they tell you it's fancy i mean i guess that makes it that's what makes it fancy it's the power of advertising yeah oh buddy what else you been up to, man? You've been writing in quarantine. I know you're a post-it note freak, but you got a thousand of them all up over your walls. I've got like four. You came up with uh, four new ones. The one that I liked the most was kind of like a. It was an expression of how angry I was at how we're handling this. It was like if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a goose because we don't have a test kit. Which is to me like. <laughs> I mean, come on. We used to diagnose illnesses based off of symptoms, and now we're like, no, no, no. We don't know that this is COVID. Everybody's getting sick, but we don't know for sure. Yeah. So that's that's like the the, the best one, I think. The second best one was I, I was at, it was based off of something I actually did. I was trying to buy a thermometer because I live alone, and I was trying to give myself the ability to test my temperature if just I have a fever. I don't want to be Keep uncertain about that. I'm yeah. sorry. You just wanted to, you know, be able to keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. And so I went on Amazon and all the thermometers were price gouged up to like $70. Really? So, yeah. I don't know if they're still like that now, but I, uh, as an alternative choice, I decided to buy uh, a meat thermometer, which involves stabbing myself in the mouth. But the only other option was... Um, uh, baby rectal thermometer, which would involve sticking it entirely up my butt in order to get an accurate reading. Oh my gosh, these thermometers are sixty-eight, seventy-nine dollars, dude. Meat thermometers, or normal ones? No, regular ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That price gouge is like crazy. Well, this one's one eighty. One eighty. Well, one hundred eighty dollars. No, a dollar eighty. Oh, okay, dollar eighty. Yeah. But those are like the digital ones with the little metal thing. You were looking. Oh, I the... couldn't. I couldn't find a normal thermometer at the time. I guess they've restocked. Yeah. There's these yellow ones with LCD screens for eight ninety nine, and you get two of them. I could get them, and then I'll send you one and use my own. That'll be good. I I, uh, I think I'm actually work is going to give out give me a thermometer tomorrow if I have to go. Oh really? Know. Dude, that's so crazy that somebody there died. Did you know them very well? I did not know them. There's a lot of people in that building, so it's kind of yeah. hard to know who's who. I know but that they somebody certain... who works in your building died of the coronavirus. Yeah, that's the news today, and, and I haven't in Fort Worth, to right? Yes, in Fort Worth. Damn, dude. I've been delivering yeah, pizza and... out in Keller. I'm pretty terrified. I'm going to get it, but I, I had this lady today, and it. she she ordered. And I was like, well, if you'd like to give us your tip over the phone, we can uh, do a contactless delivery and I'll just place it for on the doorstep for you and ring the doorbell. And she goes, well, I ain't scared of nobody. 
I ain't scared, that scared of anybody. And I just wanted to be like, maybe I'm scared of you. Because it sounds like like if somebody is being nonchalant about the quarantine, they're more likely to have it, right? So maybe right. because you don't seem that scared of anybody, I need to be more scared of you. That's a concept. I didn't think about that. You like the I mean? confidence is like, it's a sign that they're probably already like, carrying it well it's just there's a slightly higher chance i don't want to say it's a sign a sign like a for sure sign i also was thinking they keep saying like your viral load will change very significantly like more so than usual how the disease how effective the disease is and so we have all these people that are carrying it around asymptomatically how terrible would it be if in like six months a bunch of people just like drop fucking dead like overnight because they finally got enough of the coronavirus yeah i mean that's what people aren't aware of is that um okay so the spanish flu had two waves and the first wave was not as bad as the second wave the second wave was everybody thought everything was okay and they went back to work Mm -hmm. or whatever they did and then all of a sudden oh no now it's like everybody's still carrying it asymptomatically they haven't fought it off yet and it really needs to uh do it's take its course and then you have to develop antibodies for it for you to really become like healthy like completely immune to it you know you actually actually need a vaccine or antibodies and nobody's taking it seriously until and i i I don't even know if the first death is going to be enough especially it's like the mentality of people in this area is all about it won't be me or you know god will protect me or something that's people in any area you know i think Oh, or maybe it's kind of, you know, I think I keep hearing on international podcasts that there's this American individualism that we have in us that I think is not uh, interacting well with this virus. I'm, I can kind of agree with that. I, 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 you know, there's a lot of like people who live alone. You know what I mean? Like older people who like live alone with like a collection of VHS tapes or something like that. And I just am worried about those kinds of people because like who's checking on them? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I uh, I have a grandmother up in Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware, and uh, I called her and she said, yeah, she hurts the person that normally comes to help her out at the house. Yeah. Took a vacation and the person who came to the house was coughing all over the place. And I said. Fuck. Like oh there's gosh, a chance, dude. there's a chance I may never see my grandmother again because because some, somebody was smart and they didn't stop sending people to her house. Yeah, dude. You'd think that they would know better just because they're a fucking they to hospital. Send people to her house, but I guess they need to send people to their house. Like I have a friend a couple of days ago. Um, her mom like had really high blood pressure. And has a bunch of like pre, you know pre-existing health conditions, and had really high blood pressure and was like you know complaining of chest pains and stuff. Yeah, and she had to go to the hospital, and I'm like, so your mom's like inside the hospital, and she's like, yeah, like you know. Uh, and then yesterday I talked to Anna, and she said there are tents outside of the hospitals in Chicago because they're so overfilled. So Jeez. I'm putting these two images together of a woman who has a bunch of pre-existing health conditions, and that's why she needs to go to the hospital. She's like on dialysis and all this different stuff. And mm-hmm. 
the hospital is stuffed with people who are suffering from one of the most infectious diseases we've ever encountered as a species. And like, how could that possibly go well? You know, it can't, it can't. And until everybody gets on the same page, it's going to not be taken seriously. And the more that China keeps on trying to save face by saying that they don't have a problem, it's going to, everybody's going to, as long as there's doubt, people are going to doubt it. And uh, the trouble is like, they were, if you look back in February, there was an article of people in China being reported to be pulled from their homes uh, forcefully and then locked into a quarantine hotel. And then the doors on those hotel rooms were welded shut. That's how seriously they took it back then before any of us got in contact with it. Yeah. And that's scary because they were aware of how serious it was. And that's also scary just based off of like, how they ch had to treat it in order to deal with it compared to what we're doing, which is kind of the opposite, you know? Yeah. But, it, you know, I've been trying to keep a good outlook on it. Uh, it so far, unless the second, the second wave is what worries me now, I'm doing everything I can to stay without viral load. Um, yeah. And I'm relatively outside of the lethality range. So like I've been, or severe uh, case range. So, I've been just trying to keep my eyes open. I think the worst thing that can happen is I run into somebody at work who's super sick, who's still there. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what concerns me. So I'm trying to be very aware of everybody who's at work that I know as soon as I get there. And uh, just if I get are. there... What do you mean aware of them? So like, if anybody is super obviously sick, but they're still at work... There, there's people I'm going to report and stay away from. I'm going to be like, this person doesn't seem healthy enough to be here. Yeah. And there was, there was somebody who was like that. There was a guy who, um, there's one person in particular who, his name is Raheem. He was out sick for two weeks with strep pneumonia. And then they cleared him to come back to work. And I couldn't <laughs> believe it because he was standing in front of me at work with, bloodshot eyes and coughing and he, he was his mouth is covered and he's like no my doctor cleared me they said they tested me and they said i was negative and uh i'm non-infectious and i'm like they tested you one out of 100 768 americans or something like that at the time have been tested you're one of those 768 that got tested and you are you sure? You know, and like, he said, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. So like, I just, I have a hard time taking hardly anybody seriously anymore because they just don't treat this seriously. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's true. But, um, what are you doing to kind of fight isolation for yourself? I feel like you've struggled with isolation in the past. So it's, it's almost well, good that you're still working, I suppose. Honestly, man, it took this to for me to realize that I already kind of live an isolated lifestyle and that it's not a healthy lifestyle because, I mean, I got kind of used to this and everybody else is going crazy with it. And it kind of creeps me out knowing that I let myself get used to it. You know what I mean? You let yourself become kind of naturally this isolated? 
Um, yeah, this is how I live. I mean, if I have to lay it out for you, I mean, I get off work at midnight. I've been going to, I've been falling asleep at 7 a.m. and getting up at 2, 2 or 3 p.m., going to work and then coming home and doing the same thing, eating my meals in the middle of the night. Uh, and I don't, the only people I speak to really are the people at work. And that's, that's not health. I, I know better. You know what I mean? I know way better than to live like that. But the thing about it is I got used to it. Well, why is living like that so bad? Why don't you explain that? What do you mean? Why is living like that so bad? Well, being in contact with other people, man, it's supposed to be natural. And uh, maybe I didn't realize it until other people were so mad without it. Like when I say mad, I mean like crazy mad, not like mad like not like angry, but like people were so not used to that, that it made me wonder like how much of my life am I doing wrong by living the way I live right now? You know? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think it's that you're doing anything wrong. I think first off, I mean, just before this even happened, before Corona virus even happened, we were at lonelier now than we have ever been before. Like the last 200 years we've become lonelier and especially over the last 50 years, we have become more isolated. Well, one, because it kind of depends. Like, social media is is isolating because it's not a full conversation. It's not a social interaction. And it's not mm-hmm. physical. And so it's it doesn't... It kind of provides, a like, some kind of, like, kickback to your brain that a social interaction would. But it's not truly going to bring you that... I don't know that feeling, that satisfaction, that 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 sense of community. Right. Um, but like if like 200 years ago before like, you know, cars and drive-throughs and everything was invented, it wasn't like loneliness and isolation to the degree that we're capable of now was like not even a, a thought. You know what I mean? Like right. I think of like old I don't know. Just like if you were like the village idiot, everybody still knew your name. And, uh, you know, you were probably related to like whatever town you lived in. You were probably related to a lot of the populace. So there was like this large family dynamic. And then once people did start like building, you know, living in cities and stuff, you still had like the very large family. But that doesn't really exist anymore. And people are constantly, uh, you know, on a social website that's not de-isolated, but is more isolating. It puts you more in a box of like cutting yourself off from other people when you interact with it. There are studies that show that loneliness does like physical damage to your body. Oh yeah. No, I've paid close attention to some of that stuff. It's like, I know that I'm, there's a lot of things that are regarding to loneliness and being disconnected. I'm probably a prime I'm probably prime suffer for because that's how I am. I'm yeah. used to that. It's not a good thing to be used to that. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. You know, I don't understand anybody who thinks that like having children is going to save them from being alone at the end of your life, considering like how people are dying right now. They're not even allowed to see their loved ones when they fall ill with coronavirus just due to the fact that they'd be exposed to the virus too much of it. Yeah, but there's a difference between dying alone and dying lonely. That's true. That's true. 
You know what I mean? Those people still, a lot of those people, if they did have a loving family unit, unit, they were probably still aware of that when they died. But oh, I'm, you know, isolation is going to cause extra deaths for people. Like if 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 you're an elderly woman who normally has a state worker that comes to see her, and you need insulin or whatever, or you need help showering, and then that person stops showing up, and you're so isolated that you don't have a full understanding as of to to why. Or what if you fall and normally you're checked on regularly enough that they could have like intervened and helped you, but because of the schedule change, because of the increased isolation, that problem becomes unsolvable now, or you know it isn't solved in time. Yeah. Well, this Seems is like, like uh, I'm sorry. This is just the most cheery conversation I've ever had on my podcast. <laughs> I have a tendency to to sort of weave in and out of cheeriness and depression stuff. Yeah. So, so you said you sorry. had four post-it notes. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me check my uh, my notes right now. For those of you who don't know David, he does a lot of post-it notes. He's always he's always got his jokes on post-it notes. I think kind of hacky the post-it note, but David works makes it work. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people told me that I sounded like Stephen Wright when I began, and uh, I had no idea who he was. And then I listened to him, and I discovered that the combination of my short writing style, I try to distill things down to what's funny about them and then make that into a one-liner. It's kind of a mathematical process almost, where I, I focus on word economy and expressing what I think is funny about a thing. Yeah. And then... I make I put it write it on a small piece of paper and then I shuffle the pieces of paper and I talk I, I speak them one at a time. So, you know, I um I rewrote an older couple of older, older jokes. One was about uh my uncle was a juggalo gigolo. He had a business card that said, I'm going to go to clown on that pussy. <laughs> uh I I had written a concept that I don't have a joke for yet about like in the future, there's going to be like organ transplants from pigs, right? Yeah. And I was wondering, like, is there going to be a meet the donor video where it's just a dude eating bacon? Meet for the his donor. Heart transplant, right? <laughs> uh, I rewrote one about going on a date with a girl with epilepsy, and I didn't find out until we went to a rave, and I thought she was just a really bad break dancer. Oh no. Yeah, little, you know, do you break dance at raves? I think you more like kind of just I celebrate. Don't know what they do, what happens at raves? Raves are raves are weird. I'm pretty sure I got an ex girlfriend that got into raving after we broke up. I uh, I wrote a joke about being a virgin. It was uh, imagine if I was a C-section, I'd never even touched a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> are uh, let's a, see. Are you still a virgin, David? Yes, yes, I am. Wow, card carrying. It's a, I'm sorry. Card carrying. Yeah, card carrying union member and. Um. So, what's that like? How does it affect your life being a virgin? It's kind of like asking somebody like, "What's it like living in America when you've never lived anywhere else?" It's kind of hard to describe to somebody who yeah. knows the difference. I would tell them different things like it's hard to worry about something that you've never had before or to say that like it's like saying 
I'd be worried about it if I knew what it was or if I experienced it and then I was suddenly without it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, I think the number one thing is a lot of people think I'm a desperate person and they don't realize that I'm more like a guy who doesn't give a fuck in this sense. And I, I know that's a joke, but I mean it like there's a drive that's in other people that's not in me and I don't know why. So do you think you're an asexual? I don't think so because in the past I've had infatuations with girls. I've had strong feelings for people, but it was never like after sexual intercourse. I think the closest thing I can come up with really is I think I'm demisexual. Like I need to be close to somebody for a long time to feel, I think it's a trust thing because I've had a lot of trust issues in my life with my family. Yeah. So I think that that is probably where it stems from, is that I'm more worried about them, me being, in a sense, inadequate, but also them hurting me at the same time. Yeah. Well, it would be hurt to be told that you were inadequate, I would imagine. I don't think inadequacy is what would hurt me. It would it would hurt me to... It hurts me every time I try to date somebody and then I, I feel like I'm not even doing the normal things. I'm not even doing enough for them. Like I dated a girl around Christmas time and I spent time with her and her family. And uh, I was really happy that she like invited me over, but I didn't make any moves on her. I think she was disappointed in that, disappointed in my inability to really hold a conversation. And uh, it wasn't anything other than conversation over the phone. I'm not good at phone calls. I'm not good at uh, text messaging. I'm not good at uh, uh, being able to make plans because of my schedule, really. You know what I mean? And then on top of all that, my energy just like disappears pretty regularly. Yeah. And that's like my biggest problem is that my energy just disappears. Like, I don't know, like one, one of the reasons why people said I... I come off like Stephen Wright when I do comedy is because I'm always so tired for no reason. And at the time I was extra tired because I was working like a bunch, uh, like 10 hour days, seven days a week. And I'd still try to go comedy on top of all that. And I felt like I wasn't doing it hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right. David, give was... me, give me one more post it. No joke. And then we're going to get out of here. One more post-it note joke. Man, I feel like I need to make it a good one. You uh, do. Yeah, that would be ideal. Does it have to be a one, or can it be an older one? It has to be... Just do a fucking joke, David. I'm trying to... Uh, I was thinking about the coronavirus and how it changed the world, and uh, normally people would call that the butterfly effect, and I was thinking of calling it the Batman effect. <laughs>